Kyle, but how are you going to do It is so good to be here with you! My name is Josh. I am... Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm on staff with Chi Alpha. Uh, I'm excited to continue in our series tonight. We've been talking about kingdom things, right? We've been looking at the parables in Matthew's gospel. We've been studying what Jesus said, how he tried to explain the kingdom of heaven to the people that were around, and as he used parables to do such. Now, what are parables, you might ask? What a fantastic question. I have no idea. Ah, that's not true. I have a little bit of an idea. So a parable is a story, right? A story, an image. What we know is that we relate to stories because, right, our lives are stories. We relate to images because they're helpful for us to be able to remember things, right? We know that uh, we are audio and visual learners. And as we have pictures and images, and there are these stories that tell us about what life is like. And Jesus told them to the people around him, and he used images and um, stories that we, they would have understood from their time. There would have been a lot of agrarian images, right? Uh, so things that had to do with agriculture. And so if you like wanted to go to tech, then this might make sense to you, right? But nobody wants to do that. Um, let's take a break. Let's take a break. Uh, let's take a break. Uh, and then like Jesus would have would have told these stories to crowds that would have gathered around, and they would have. Uh, what we learned last week, as Katie spoke, was we learned that Jesus told these stories in order that those who needed to hear and those who wanted to hear would be able to hear and understand. That those who did not want to hear and those who did not want to understand would not be able to understand. Right. It's not, it's not you, right? I hope you want to learn, right? But it's just, no, we just make eye contact in that moment, and I'm just with you, right? Okay? And so, like, I, as I was studying these passages, I found it fascinating. I'm like, Jesus, why didn't you just, like, make it clear? Why didn't you just tell the people what was going to happen? Right? Have you ever wondered that when you read the parables? Like, you know, like, come on, Jesus. Like, what is this about? Why didn't you do this? And then I realized that when the people did actually understand... They killed him, right? right. So Jesus is like, hey, like, I've really got to get to Jerusalem. I really have, like, i got a couple more years left. Like, I'm trying to tell this story. I'm on the road, like, trying to head this way. And then he knew if he would have told them everything up front in very clear language, they would have started a riot. Anarchy. Right? Anarchy. Anarchy. Yeah, <laughs> chaos. Right? The world would have descended into things that it was not yet time for. And so Jesus tells these stories in parables in order that we, in order that they, might be able to understand what the kingdom of heaven was like. Because Jesus was taking everything that they knew, he was taking everything that they understood, and he was flipping it upside down and showing them a new way of life. A new way. And these kingdom things that we're going to be learning about together this semester... And I'm excited. So I have a graphic to show you out of one of my favorite books. It's kind of a nerd book. Uh, wow, look at that. Straight from the book. Uh, it is a nerd book. Uh, if you do the internship, you're going to have to read at least four chapters out of it. Uh, and so this is from George Ladd. It's called The Gospel of the Kingdom. It is a phenomenal book on the kingdom of heaven and understanding the kingdom of God. And like 
somewhat academic but somewhat plain language and understand what was going on. So I, I wanted to show you, I was going to draw it on a poster board, but then I thought, you know what, he did it way better than me, and I have miserable handwriting. Uh, it's almost as bad as my eyesight. Um, but I don't have glasses because I don't like eyes. They like, it's like, it like freaks me out to like go to the eye doctor, and so I've just been, I just lie. At the DMV, I tell people I can see, and I can't. And so, um, just, I will be driving you in Oman. I will be driving at night, and I will not be able to see a thing. Okay? Like tonight, when I drive home, I'll have no idea what's going on. Okay? But I've got at least eight more years left on my license, and so I'm not, I'm not going back until then. So, um, anyway. I found the trick. Uh, have, maybe I've told some of you guys this story before, but I, I just go to the DMV late in the day. Okay, Like last time I was due for a vision check, I went at the end of the day, right? They're backed up. It's been miserable for them all day. It's been hot. It's the middle of summer. And I get up, and she's like, you're due for a vision test. And I was like, I know. My wife is so thrilled. She knows this is the moment. I put my forehead on the thing, and she's like, can you read the first line? And I was like, uh, V, and she goes, good enough for me. <laughs> Ten more years, so yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> so anyway, I do this. I do this at night a lot. I lean forward and look, but yeah, anyways. Um, so, anyways, back to the kingdom of heaven, right? So the Jewish people had been longing for a Messiah to come. They had been waiting, right? There had been 400 years of silence. The, the prophets had long been silent. They had been waiting for this Messiah to come in order to bring about the new world order, right? They were looking for power. Like they had been oppressed by the Roman government, and it was time to overthrow Rome. Okay? Like, we're tired of these guys. Like, why are they doing this to us? We're going to take over everything that's been promised to us. This is our time. And then this guy comes, and he starts talking about the kingdom of heaven, and they're like, this is the moment! And what they were looking for was for a continuation of this bottom line right here. This is the age that we're in right now. This current age. C means current age. And they wanted to see this age continue, but they wanted to see themselves be able to be in power, to flip the script, right? And, and to be like, Raw, we told you! It's our turn! But then Jesus shows up, and he's like, hey, actually, there's a new kingdom that is coming. There's a new kingdom. It's unlike anything you've ever seen. It's unlike anything you've ever heard. It's going to take the things that you thought. It's going to flip them upside down. It's, if it's going to say, don't walk one mile, walk two. Like, it's going to say, like, don't just, like, don't commit adultery, but don't even hate. Like, don't even lust. Like, don't even think those things. Like, this, this is going to be so much bigger and so much better and so much more than you could ever hope for. This is what this kingdom will be. And so this is the age to come. And Jesus says, this is what it will be like. And they're like, we know that this is what it will be like, Jesus. Okay? Like, we know that at the end of all things, this is what is coming for us. This is what heaven will be like. This is what it's going to look like for us. And Jesus says, no! The kingdom is here. The kingdom is now. The kingdom is amongst you. And they're like, but wait, no, it's not, because we're like, Rome's still here, Jesus. I don't know if you met Rome on the way, but you're going to meet her soon. Uh, and so, like, you know what I mean? So, like, like, Jesus, what do you mean? And he's like, and so, so I don't know that Jesus drew this graph for him, but uh, maybe he did, right? It would have been a good one. And so what we're seeing is that in this, in this moment right here where we live is this moment where these two ages overlap and where we see the kingdom advancing among us, like it, the kingdom is now. 
But then we have moments of great tragedy. We have moments of great trial. We have moments of frustration. And that is where the kingdom is not yet. And so we live in this tension as we're trying to figure out what the kingdom is like and what I would call and what scholars call the now and not yetness of the kingdom. And so Jesus is explaining this to his hearers around them, like this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And he uses parables, he uses metaphors, he uses images in order that they might understand what is happening in this now and not yet period. What we can hope for right now for our own selves, and what we can know is coming as we continue in faith towards that coming kingdom. So as we study the parables together, we're going to see like, like last week, right? Like the, the kingdom of heaven is like a sower who sowed some seeds and he throws them out. The very next parable is like the kingdom of heaven is like a, a farmer who goes out and plants wheat, right? And we're going, to, we're going to see these different stories play out. And it's important for us to understand that as Jesus is telling these stories, when he says the kingdom of heaven, like today, he's going to say the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Like what? Like what Jesus is, he's not saying that the kingdom is like the mustard seed, though it is kind of like the mustard seed. He's saying the whole parable will explain to you the way in which the kingdom plays out, a different aspect of the kingdom that he is explaining to the people around him. And this is what he is showing them. Okay, and so as we see these, as we hear them, it's going to be helpful for us to kind of keep this in the back of our mind. And then often what we're going to see is there are three types of parables that will play out. There are one-person parables. Those are going to be the two that we're going to look at tonight. There are going to be two character parables, right? There are going to be ones where you're going to have a person and then another person. And then there are three-person parables that we kind of get to towards the end of Jesus' times. And in these three-person parables, what you see is a person who's in power, right? A landowner, an owner, right? And then you see, uh, maybe you see a son, and then you see a contrasting son, one who does things right and one who does things wrong. And as we see these contrasting things, this is when the establishment is like, hey, wait a minute. I think he's relating us to the bad one. Let's kill him. Right. And he's like, well, I'm in Jerusalem. So, OK. OK. And so like we're going to see this progress. And so tonight we're going to continue. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 13. Like, but wait, that's where we were last week. You are correct. But let me ask you this question. Have you ever in your life thought that something was going to happen? Have you longed for something? And then you realize when you got there that it was much bigger or much better than you could have ever asked or imagined. Has that ever happened to you? For me, honestly, it was, uh, I, I thought of a few things. One, the Sphinx in Cairo. Uh, it was significantly bigger than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Wow, you guys have great expectations. Good for you. Uh, okay, <laughs> then I will think of another one in Egypt. It was the number of pyramids. Okay, right? I thought there were only going to be three. Turns out they're everywhere. A lot of people died there, I guess. Um, right? Okay. So it's like the like these moments where it's like I thought it was going to be this, or like the first time you saw how big an iceberg is. You're like, wow, I have only seen the top of that iceberg, and now that I see the bottom of the iceberg. That explains a lot. Yeah, you haven't seen much of it. I, I, I haven't seen any of it. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you a story about yesterday in the Moran household to illustrate this point. Uh, the Moran kids, uh, we have four of them. 
Emma, Levi, Judah, Esther. Nailed it. Um, and so uh, right there they are. Uh, and so uh, yesterday we got in the Suburban. And here's the one thing about my kids. My kids hate uh, going places. Like not just like not just road trips. Like you think like your kids hate road trips? No, no. My kids hate leaving the house. They don't like to get in the car, right? They would just rather stay home, play with themselves, play with their friends, uh, watch uh, Minecraft videos. Like right now, that's been a big thing in the Rand House, Minecraft videos. Um, and so, like, like, so it's like, hey kids, uh, we have a surprise for you. We're gonna get in the car and we're gonna drive to Blacksburg, okay? Yeah. Like, right? Like, Blacksburg is a long way away when you hate the car, okay? And they're like, it's gonna be a surprise. We're not telling you what it is. You're going to love it. And the whole way there, for an hour and a half, all they said was, we hate this. This is stupid. You guys, this is miserable. I hate this. You're probably taking us somewhere that is not fun. We're probably having to go on a hike. We don't want to go on a hike. And Judah's like, I didn't even bring a sweatshirt. I'm, I'm only in short sleeves. Please don't make me go on a hike. It's like, no, we're not taking you to, to a hike. Like, you're probably making us do homework. No, we're not driving to take you to do homework, OK? We're like, no, that's not what we're doing. They're like, we don't believe you. This is miserable. Get me out of the car. And the whole time, we were taking them to get a dog, right? Okay. They, they've been hoping for a dog for years. They've been praying for a dog. They had to clean their room for a month in order to be able to get a dog. They didn't know they were getting because it was going to be a surprise. And so, so <laughs> this, is, this is hilarious. So we get the phone out. Like, we're 10 minutes away. And, like, this is when we're going to tell them. And Katie's like, get your phone out and record it. And I'm like, Definitely. So I got my phone out. I'm holding it up. I hold the phone up, and the kids just start screaming at me, turn off the recording! Rah! And they start ducking under seats, and they're like just yelling at us. And then, and then Katie's like, we're going to get a dog. And they're like, we don't care! Get us out of the car! Yeah, yeah. It was like, well, that was a miss. And so we got there. And we met Chili, who you can see here. Uh, Chili is a two and a half year old golden retriever. Uh, she was retiring from the place that she was, uh, and we were able to bring her home last night. And so this is uh, Esther and Judah there with her when we met her, as they uh, Judah giving you the side eye right there. That's a pretty that's pretty vintage Judah, right? Um, and so. Like they're getting to love on the dog. This is uh, Levi and Emma kind of laying with the dog last night. Uh, the dog and I slept in the living room last night together. Um, but, so because it was like, I was like, OK, this dog is like new to our family. Does she know not to pee on my carpet? She does not know that, right? And so I have to teach her that, right? And so I was like, OK, I volunteer for the late shift. And so I slept on the couch last night. And then uh, her and I both slept miserably, OK? Because uh, every time she moved, I jumped up. Because I'm like, don't peel the carpet, which she obviously doesn't understand, right? OK? And then every time I moved, she jumped up like, don't hit me. And I'm like, no, no, we're not like that kind of family, right? OK, don't worry. Um, and so, so it was like a, it was back and forth all night, OK? And so now we finally have made it through the day. 
Um, and she's at home with the kids who are actively praying for the snowstorm to come just a little bit earlier tomorrow. Okay, they've had two days off of school and they're hoping to swing it into a five-day weekend. Um, and so we'll see what happens. If it does snow, everybody come to our house. You can play with Chili, and we have a really good sledding hill in the backyard. And so. Um, I should bring, I don't know if I'm going to do that, but uh, if you come to Abide, you'd be, we'd be happy to have you see Chili. Okay, but anyway, so the kids screamed at us for an hour and a half, and then all of a sudden we got the dog, and they're like, this is amazing! And then this morning, Levi got up, he came upstairs, he walked into the room, and he goes, I just can't believe we still have a dog. Like, it was just so exciting. He's been in, in showing everybody who Chili is all day as they come in throughout the house. And he's like, now try to be quiet. She's new to our house, right? And he's been yeah. teaching everybody about the dog. Levi loves animals, and so that's been great. And so, but it was this moment where they were like, this is going, this is not going to be as good as you say. And then it turned out even better than they expected. And that is what our parables are going to teach us tonight. So if you have your Bibles, right. Matthew chapter 13. Let's read what the Lord says. We're going to be reading in verses 31 and following. The parables of the mustard seed and the yeast, if you have the NIV, um, is what it says. Verse 31, he, meaning Jesus, told them another parable. So Jesus has been teaching them in parables, right? We learned about the sower and the seed last week, and then in between that we see the parable of the weeds and the wheat right before it, and then Jesus continues teaching in parables. He's going to tell about eight or so parables in a row here, and he's like, hey, keep up. Interestingly enough, Jesus is going to explain the first two parables, the parable of the sower, right? Katie read this last week, and then she told us Jesus' explanation, right? The parable of the weeds and the wheat happens next. Jesus also gives an explanation for that. These two parables, Jesus gives no explanation. He doesn't tell us why he told them these things, which can tell us one of two things. One, Jesus didn't tell them, right? So the gospel writers have no ability to tell them. Or two, Jesus probably believed that it was so obvious to them that he didn't need to explain it. The disciples don't ask. He doesn't pull them aside and tell them what's happening. It's just left to us to interpret, to understand what they would have heard then so that we can then apply it to our lives now. Let's continue. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it, be, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds Wow, a flower, until it worked all through the dough. The word of the Lord. These two parables taken side by side as we read them, right? We see that Jesus takes a mustard seed. He says there's a mustard seed. It's planted. It grows into this huge tree that birds can perch in. He sees this little bit of yeast that is, that is mixed into the dough, and then all of a sudden it works its way the whole way through. And what we see, what Jesus is teaching his hearers, what Jesus is teaching us right now, is that the kingdom of God is growing. The kingdom of God is expanding. The kingdom of heaven is on the move and that this is a good thing. As he talks about the, 
the mustard seed, as the birds are able to live amongst it, as he talks about the uh, yeast in the bread. If you've ever eaten pizza dough without yeast, you're like, hmm, I don't know if I meant to eat that. It's not what it's supposed to look like. Right? This is a good thing as it works its way through the dough. And what we see is that the kingdom of God is about growth. Growth is a kingdom thing. As we learn about these kingdom things this semester, we realize that one of the very first ones that Jesus tells his disciples in these parables is that the kingdom of God is about growth. So let's take a closer look at these two parables. We'll take them one at a time and see what that growth can look like and what that growth can mean. So first, let's go back to the parable of the mustard seed. It says in verse 31, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it was the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants, and it becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. This is fascinating. This is fascinating because, one, the mustard seed is not the smallest seed. It's fascinating, too, because the mustard seed does not grow into a tree. Okay, the mustard seed grows into something that maybe gets three feet tall. I don't know where that is. It's somewhere in here. Birds cannot perch in its branches. Everyone around Jesus would have known that. No one there would have been confused by that, right? No one would have been like, he's lying. Or no one would have just been like, oh, yeah, of course. Like many of us are when we read this parable, right? We read this parable and we're like, okay, wow. He picked the smallest seed and it became the biggest. And I'm like, no, Jesus had to have known what a sequoia was. <laughs> right? He would have known what a redwood was. Like, right? Jesus would have known these things. Like, right? He sang the song. We're turning seeds into sequoias. You guys haven't heard that song? It's a great song. It's a great song. I don't know which album it's on. I don't even know who sings it. It's probably in Graves in the Gardens. Who knows? I'm just make, I'm making stuff up. Don't worry. Just relax. Relax. Okay, relax. 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 Okay, I didn't intend to say it, so I didn't look up who wrote it, but it used to be really popular. Okay, anyways, Jesus would have known this. And the point that Jesus is making to his hearers is that he is taking something insignificant and grown it into something bigger than you could have ever imagined. It has grown into something more than they would have thought it would have ever been able to be, and that this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Something insignificant, a humble savior, a crucified Messiah, someone who did not have power the way the Romans had power, and that the kingdom will now grow from something insignificant into something bigger than you could have ever asked or imagined. Now, one of the things that Jesus is not saying here is that the kingdom of God will eventually take over everything. Then we talk about the growth of the kingdom, right? It's, it's like sometimes it's like, okay, like, it's just going to continue to grow forever. And then, like, we look around and we're like, that's just not what we see happening. Like, we don't see kingdoms continuing to come under the name of Jesus. But what we do know is that it started insignificantly, and it has grown into more the original church would have ever imagined. It has continued to grow, and it will continue to grow, because this is what the kingdom does. The kingdom starts small. The kingdom starts insignificantly amongst people who don't yet know him in a minority culture, and it continues to grow. 
This is what the church is doing all throughout the world. This is what the underground church in China is doing right now. This is what the underground church in Iran and Iraq. This is what the church does in, in Madagascar and in Zanzibar and Tanzania. This is what the church does. She grows. She starts insignificantly, one to one. As a disciple makes a disciple who makes a disciple who makes a disciple, the kingdom advances. The kingdom of heaven grows and then birds can come and perch. Life is given and life is received. This is the story that you walk into right now. Four and a half years ago, JMU Chi Alpha, right? There was Chi, which was the Morans, and there was Alpha, which was the Johnsons. Okay, right? And it was like there was nothing else, right? We showed up, we didn't like know anyone, and one to one, Paul finally returned my text messages to two, right? Yeah, Nathan drugged Paul every time, right? And like, in the kingdom advance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And will the kingdom continue to advance? As it starts here, an insignificant part of campus, right? As we met in Festival Conference Room 7, which none of you, like, you're like, you have to walk past the Rock Museum to get there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we do. It's a long, awkward hallway, okay? Because we were awkward people, right? <laughs> like, that was what we had. And let me tell you this, Chi Alpha, in that room right there, storage, it's got a number on it, but <laughs> who knows? <laughs> 1141. Uh, um, there are, do you know what's in that room? Stacks of chairs. Right? One to one. To one to one. One more chair. One more chair, one more chair, one more chair. We don't have to do 50 chairs at a time. We can do one chair at a time. We don't have to do 100 chairs at a time. We can do one chair at a time. Everyone bring one. Everyone bring the same one. Like, right? We've got 15 weeks left in the semester. There's a lot more chairs that can fit in this room because the kingdom needs to grow. The kingdom does grow and that we get to be a part of that. So let's talk about that. Let's see what happens and what that can play out in our lives as we hit into our next parable. Here we see the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all the way through the dough. Okay, are you guys familiar with flour? Have you been to Food Lion, right? And that's where I used to work in high school. I... I hate the grocery store. I'm like, I spent too many hours of my life there. I'm like, I just don't ever want to go back. But what I do remember is that if you stocked the cooking aisle, right, we had these big bags of flour, right, these huge ones. You know what they weighed? They weighed five pounds. 60 pounds is 12 of them. Can you imagine carrying them up the steps to your apartment? 60 pounds of flour, this, this woman is working, and she grabs a little bit of yeast in order to work its way through the whole dough. Again, Jesus is taking something insignificant in size, something that has been insignificant, and it is working its way through something that is great in order to bring life 
in order to bring wholeness. Yeast is a fascinating study in the Bible. Okay, this, this 60 pounds of flour is the same amount that Sarah is going to work up for the three visitors that come to visit her and Abraham. As we see, like the pre-incarnate Christ show up and, and promise Abraham and Sarah there will be a son. It's interesting, as, as Paul talks about yeast, and, and Jesus later is going to say, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. Paul is going to talk about, about yeast, and he's talking about your inner life when he talks about yeast. Like, this is what's inside of you, and beware of the old yeast, is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians, where it is evil. He said, instead, clothe yourself in, in newness. And when I look at this parable, when I think about our lives, when I think about growth in our lives, what I love about this parable is that Jesus is looking at his audience and he's saying that the kingdom wants to grow inside each and every one of you. The kingdom wants to continue to grow in each and every one of you. It's not just that the kingdom wants to expand out there. It's not just that there are so many more people there because that is true. And Jesus says that. But what he also says is that it's also inside of you. That the kingdom is advancing inside of you and there is more that he wants to have. There is more that you can offer. There is more that the kingdom can mix into. And then he says that as you do this, you will have life. Fullness of life and life abundant and joy and hope. And he talks about the fruits of the spirit and love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control. And as we hear all those things, we're like, I want more of that. But I feel like often in my life what I have is frustration and turmoil and deadlines and sleepless nights. Jesus! And Jesus says in this parable, who is the woman? The woman's God. In this parable, the woman represents God as he mixes the yeast throughout the dough. That God comes into our lives and he takes us from places we never thought that we could be into places we never thought that we could go. He takes those moments of frustration, our moments of deepest pain, and brings us great joy and brings us great promise and brings us great fulfillment. What I love about being a person of the kingdom is that wherever I go, the room is full of potential. That there is unrealized, unrecognized potential in every single one of you. As you walk through your dorms, as you walk through the student union, there is not a single person in this place that there is not so much potential in to see the kingdom work itself through. And I believe that it starts with us. It starts with us tonight, that we can continue to see more of the kingdom in our lives. I'm gonna walk with Jesus passionately for who could say, 20 years, longer than some of you have been alive, but there's more. And that is one of the beauties of the kingdom of heaven is this now and not yetness, as this sense of the age that is to come, as this sense of the infiniteness of God is that there is still more for every single one of us. And so Kyle, the question tonight is, are you ready to step into your potential? Are you excited to see this growth happen in your own life? And as you, as you think back to, to times in your life where you've been so close to Jesus or things have been so new or times when you like began to read your Bible or you began to pray or you first went to small, you're like, this is so exciting! And that that could be your next step.
That could be the next place that you go, that this could continue. That it doesn't have to stop then. It's not just a thing of the past, but that yeast still wants to work itself through the dough. That the Lord is still doing the mixing. The Lord is still here in this room. That he wants to see more and more and more in every single one of you. And so, Chi Alpha, where do you want to see the Lord grow? What are the parts of your life that you have felt like you know you haven't seen victory in those moments? What are the parts of your life that you maybe have kept hidden from the Lord? What are the parts of your life you're like, no, not quite yet, Jesus? Or maybe there are parts of your life where you're like, please, Jesus, right now. And that this could be the moment. This could be a trajectory setting night where the Lord would be like, this is the moment. This is where I'm finally going to get there. We're going to mix that stuff in there. And we're going to see the kingdom advance in your life for the sake of your campus. And so, Chi Alpha, now is the time. The kingdom is advancing. Growth is happening in you and growth is happening around you. Let's step into that potential. I'm going to ask you all to stand. We're going to close in worship tonight. We're going to close in worship and celebration of what the Lord wants to do. So there's no... If you feel like there are things that you want to pray over with your small group, with your core group, with your small group leader, with your friend, with the person that brought you here, I invite you to do that. But if you are like, man, I'm just ready for this next step. I'm ready for the next season of growth. I'm ready to take the hill, right? I'm ready to run through the wall. I'm ready to do whatever it would take. Then I would invite you just to worship with everything you have. Like, let's be loud tonight, okay? Like, let's really, like, give it to Jesus. And, like, as we talk about the kingdom advancing, like, in excitement and in power, and the kingdom of heaven is here now amongst us, let's sing as such. So let's worship the Lord tonight.